those two things, having fun and surrounding yourself with amazing people, if you do that, then you are successful. And I think the other things will come, you know, whether it's the fame and fortune, whatever, whatever you think is important. But um, yeah, that, that, that's really how I view it. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today, for the first time, I have three guests here with me in the studio. I am well and truly outnumbered. I am joined by three men that all met at Bath University back in 2001. Since then, they have each had their own string of career success before joining forces in 2017 to create the interactive fitness app, Fit. The Fit app has been featured in the Sunday Times, the Evening Standard and Forbes. And since its launch, it has already had over 100,000 downloads in the App Store. It is the highest rated app in the App Store and they have raised over 8.5 million pounds of investment. It is most often described as Netflix for fitness. And Richard Reed, the co-founder of Innocent Smoothie said, Fit are set to disrupt the traditional fitness model, offering a unique platform providing unparalleled consumer choice and access. It is my pleasure to introduce you to three guys that work hard, play hard and train hard. Sammy, Adamy, Dan Shellard and Ian McKaig from Fit. Hello. Hey. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Welcome to the studio. It's very strange for me to have you guys here. Um, I work with these guys over in Stratford in Here East on the Fit Project. So yeah, I feel like now you're here in my work. Exciting. Yeah. Well, thanks for fitting us in to your busy schedule because I know that you are mega busy at the moment. So let's kick it off. You have been described, as I mentioned, as uh, Netflix for fitness, but also as industry disruptors. So tell us, why do you believe that interactive is the future of fitness? Hey Adrian, so firstly I've got to apologise for my rather husky voice, um, it was my birthday party at the weekend so we'll see That's all right. I'll see add, how it goes today. I'll add play hard to that, yeah, thank to that you. list. Um, so I think for us, we always saw the sort of biggest challenge with fitness was the um, the fact that most people can't can't stick to their goals. Um, you know, I, I used to be a fitness instructor when I was younger, when I was at school and university and you saw the kind of cyclical nature of people coming to the, uh, the gym in January with every intention to uh, get fitter. And by February, pretty much everyone's given up on their, their fitness goals. So for us, it's got to be something different that, um, that solves this problem. And for us, looking at um, all the different solutions in the marketplace, the one thing that we felt was missing was um, something that gave people a more of an interactive experience. Um, yeah, so it makes, it makes it more social, more accountable, and it enables people to, um, most importantly, do fitness anywhere um, at any time. And I think for us, if you start looking at the, the big trends in the marketplace, you've got um, live streaming's now pretty much ubiquitous um, with 5G coming, and with wearable devices now, most people are wearing some kind of wearable, whether it's a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. Um, and there's there's now a place where actually we can create a really, really immersive experience in, experience from people's home. 
Yeah, awesome. So for anyone listening, if you haven't yet downloaded the Fit app, basically there's loads of different classes on there. You can do the street, there's three different studios, a strength studio, a cardio studio, and a rebalance. You can do yoga classes. You can do, uh, yeah, strength classes. We've got equipment classes now with weights. So essentially you can, as Ian said, work out and reach your fitness goals at home or with friends. And very soon we are launching the interactive leaderboards. So you'll be able to take a class at home and you know message a friend, get them on board as well and kind of compete in the class or they can see your stats, you can see theirs. And I think for some people that will really, really make the difference Def- when it comes yeah. to, you know, like you said about accountability yeah. and actually encouraging people to kind of you know get on a class. Because I think motivation, for, yeah. as you said about people going to the gym yeah. in January, then they give up. It's like for a lot of people, so whatever way they like to exercise motivation is the universal thing that makes you know gets people understand exactly and i think for, for us uh, home fitness is is a super convenient offering but the reality is over the last 30 years it hasn't really changed um really the, the only thing that has changed is the format it was a it was a vhs then it was a dvd and, and now it's for most cases a mobile app i think it needs to go to the next level and i think you know being able to uh, actually exercise with your friends um, even if you're not in the same room as each other is actually, we believe, the, the next kind of stage in, in, in home exercise. Okay, awesome. So Dan, you spent four years at Google before you co-founded your first business, Qubit, alongside Ian, and now you are the CEO and co-founder at Fit. So as I mentioned at the start, you've all known each other for years and we've all heard that you shouldn't mix business with pleasure. So, Alwyn, that three's a crowd, of course. So what advice would you give to anyone who's thinking of going into business with friends? Well, first, I think going into business with friends is a, is a great thing because you have a level of trust that you'll need on the journey that you'll go on. I think, well, thinking about Ian and I have worked together now for 15 years and I trust him implicitly. Uh, and I think you don't get that with an outsider. So. Um, having that level of trust is really, really important. I think the thing that we've done really well is when we first started the business, we sat down and we we were very clear on what our objectives were. Because I think where a lot of issues arise in going to business with friends with is you know one person wants to grow the business really slowly, the other wants to grow it quickly, one wants to sell, the others don't. We sat down and had that conversation straight off the bat. Um, and I think the other thing that's, that's really, really important if you're going to business with friends uh, is that you know how to let things go I think the three of us can say we've had many occasions where we've sat in a room and screamed at each other but the moment we step out of that room it's completely forgotten you're going to have differences you're going to have times where you think I can't understand that person's opinion but you've got to learn that that is what happens in the meeting room as soon as you step outside it's forgotten and I don't think any of us have ever carried that through into our, our social life Oh, that's awesome. That's really good to hear, actually. And I think, you know, when it comes to working with friends as well, I guess that is the fear with some people. It's like, oh, you know, if you're going to work together and then have, it's going to affect your personal relationship. But also I think, you know, people have different uh, responsibilities and commitments. And so I think the delegation of work is something that often comes up um, with friends that work together. Yeah, I think so. Again, I can vividly remember the conversations around my dining room table where we said, who wants to do what role and how are we going to make decisions? I'm the CEO, but I don't make decisions on my own because I'm the CEO. I make, we make decisions as a three because I think it's really important to get diverse opinions. And we do have very different opinions on some things, but I think we always come to the, to the right resolution in the end. Awesome. So it's quite good as a three, though, because you've always, always got a, a democracy. Yeah. Right. Oh, one thing I would say on three is a crowd. I think three is a great number. I agree um, with that. I think one is extremely difficult mm-hmm. um, going to business on your own. Two, it's, it's, I think it's also really tough. 
Um, but three is a great number. We, we did four in our last business, which I think worked well. But three, again, having that number where, you know, some an opinion will be able to be pushed one way or the other really helps rather than being split. Yeah, I, I speak to a lot of founders that have set up a business by themselves and it's really lonely. I think they, they often, you know, it's it's having someone that's that you can just you know that's going through the same thing as you're going through the kind of daily roller coasters and the highs and lows you know startups it's unpredictable and um you are going to have amazing days and you you know that that's why you're hooked on the 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 startup drug but there's also days where you're going to have really really shitty days and actually having some you know uh, some friends and co-founders that you can kind of you know sort of have that kind of um, you know, share share the, the share the downs with as well is really important, and I think it's you know I I, I, I wouldn't want to change it for the world. That's awesome. And I think at the moment, a lot of people, we are in, you know, the generation of that. We've been encouraged to, everyone apparently seems to be an entrepreneur or, or a startup. So I think that is hopefully really, really good, good advice for anyone listening. So Sammy, you've had a diverse journey. You've had a successful career in real estate investment and development. And you also used to DJ and host parties in Dubai. Now you're the co-founder of one of the leading fitness technology apps in the UK. And you also have a family. You have two young kids as well. And last year, you ran at the Berlin Marathon so many things so I want to ask you Sammy how do you do it all and what is the reality right now of your work-life balance so um, balance is an interesting word I think it's um, it's difficult to try and find balance I think it's also different for different people um, you need a lot of energy um, which you get hopefully I get through exercise um, you need time management as well and you've also got to prioritize the right things Having um, having kids definitely challenges the time that you have available for yourself and for your partner um, and for your friends. I think this is quite an interesting. I was thinking about this. Is there's a few different stages of of time um, management and balance, which is like you're you're single, you've got all the time, you can do whatever you want with your time, and you can make decisions whenever you want. Then maybe you get a partner, you lose a bit of that time. Then when you have one kid you lose a lot of that time and you really have to start reprioritizing when you can do things. And um, then you have two kids and then it, then it starts to get tough. I think, I think the three kids stage, I don't even know if that actually, I don't really know if I want to get to that stage <laughs> yeah, and try to find that time. But I think it's, it's really important that you use every minute of the day. I think I now try and get my fitness in when I can. So my commute, I exercise. If I need to go to say to the shop I'll try and run there or go on the bike with my daughter um, and also you need support from your family having a startup is is challenging you know you it, you you work early you work late you have to get up early and you really sort of, it's sort of a seven days a week thing and you've got to prioritize when you can when you can rest and when you when you can work and um, they all sort of blur into each other mm. um, but I think I think the exercise element for me is what gives me that energy to, to, to do it. Um, I think without that, I think it's great to be able to, to do a job that involves fitness, you know, mm-hmm. as part of my daily routine. I think without that, I'd struggle to find the energy and, and the, the sharpness that you need. But it's yeah it, it's it's definitely difficult to get the perfect balance yeah sure and i think you know we're going to talk a bit later on about your work ethic because you all just have an incredible work ethic but i guess you know in a digital world where everything's fast you know emails are quick whatsapp there's constant communication and like you said you know juggling commitments and prioritizing do you, you know how do you switch off do you know what i mean do you ever have any kind of days where you're like i am offline or i'm not people can't reach me today or are you always plugged in 
I probably need to have more times when you're switched off, but it is hard. Hmm. So, you know, I love what I'm doing. And so also the part of that is, is, is the excitement of, you know, what's the email? What's the next message? What are we working on? Because actually every day is, every day is different. Um, I definitely try and switch off when I get home for a few hours. So I, I try and get home for 6, 6.30 and spend an hour, hour and a half with Alice before she goes to bed. And then I'll probably switch back on, but I try and have that 90 minutes, two hours where I'm offline and then I'll, I'll respond again a bit later on. Um, I, th- I think it's definitely important to have those times when you switch off. We spend a lot of time on our phones, probably too much time. Um, I, I was listening to one of you, to, actually I was listening to the podcast you did with AJ and she talks about her um, putting the phone on flight mode in the morning. I thought that's an amazing idea. I'm actually going to try and do that, but that was a pretty good piece of advice. Yeah, I, I put mine on flight mode from sort of about 10 p.m. Uh, till uh, you know when I wake up it's quite it's just quite a nice yeah nice to switch off like that yeah I think you know you have to and especially as I said we'll talk about it later but these guys honestly work so hard and Ian last month you completed Marathon de Saab which is a 250k foot race through the African desert and as if that's not tough enough each participant of the race has to carry his or her own backpack containing their food their sleeping gear and any other materials that they will require you completed the race and an impressive 25 hours making you the first UK athlete to cross the finish line I mean that's impressive. You're just like, yeah, you know, casual. Yeah, to, yeah, to be honest, I didn't really expect it. Um, it was we did. Yeah, we, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, all did. Yeah. We all did. You were incredible. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, taking on a 250k foot race through the desert is an extreme challenge. Co-founding a startup tech company in the fitness industry is a pretty ambitious challenge. So clearly, you're not someone who is afraid to take risks. So I'd love to hear from you on what your thought process is like when it comes to risk taking. Mm. Uh, good question. I think from my perspective, it's when you start thinking about risk and um, what do you actually kind of mean? Because it is, in, in my, my view, like both the Marathon de Saab and, and setting up fit, there's, I think there's sort of kind of calculated risk to it because um, if I think take Marathon de Saab for, for, for starters, um, you know, the most important thing with anything like that is, is preparation. Um, you know, going into that race uh, without doing the appropriate training, understanding your nutrition, and, um, and and with the right mindset, you probably are taking a very, very good Adrian, can I interrupt there? Hmm. Preparation about the nutrition. Ian left his kit in a kebab shop the day before <laughs> he was due to fly to, to the desert. So, so some, yeah, someone yeah. needs to do a documentary on Ian's prep because I know he definitely, he did a lot of running. You trained hard. He did, I, I he trained, did a lot of running. Hard, yeah. I trained hard. The, yeah, the diet maybe wasn't wasn't as good. But as you're quite relaxed, be. which I think is a good thing, because yeah. even though you train mega hard, I guess what you were saying, Dan, is like you're not someone who's like a geek about the nutrition no, and I, the macros and the you just kind of. You I, I'm I really am trying to outtrain a bad diet. I think okay. That's probably the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the best way to describe it. But no, I you know I, I think I you know I, I love running. I've been running since I was um, you know since I could literally walk, um, and you know for me this was this was a big itch that I needed to scratch this, this run. And, you know, uh, it was, and it really, it started, the, the proper preparation started on Boxing Day. Uh, and so it was about just over three months of, of focus time. And yeah, maybe my, my nutrition wasn't the thing that I focus on the most, but actually making sure that I've done the mileage and the training and preparing myself. And it's, I think for me, it's, if you don't do that, when you're hitting the, those kind of dark moments during the race, which I probably had two, um, you kind of hit, you know, they, they, talk, they talk about the kind of the wall or the hole that you can often go in. It's one of my uh, guys I was camping with there, who I met, um, who I met there. Um, he talks about the Hurt Locker and going into this really kind of like, 
uh, dark, dark place. And I think when you're there, knowing you've done the preparation is how you almost get out of it because it's very easy to like, um, you know, kind of just just stop or, or give up. But actually knowing that you've done the training was, was really important. So for me, kind of preparation was key. And the other really important thing with that mountainous hub was setting a goal. So, you know, I had a, a goal of being top 50. I had a friend that, that did it last year that came 37th. And, and actually that was probably one of the things that inspired me. It was the, the final kind of, um, the final thing that actually got me over the line to actually, you know, make the commitment to do it. And um, seeing him come 37th was really inspiring. So I said, well, top 50 would be an amazing aim for, aim for, aim for me. He's an amazing Ironman, a runner. He's done about 15 marathons. Um, and he's, he's, a, he's a great athlete and he lives in Hong Kong. So he's used to the kind of 40 degree temperatures that, that you get in the Sahara Desert. Um, and but I had, a, I had a kind of stretch goal of t- t- 25 um, or t- coming top 25 and you know I came 23rd overall and, and, and for me um, you know I don't think I would have done that if I hadn't have sort of set that goal set that goal at the start and then mm-hmm. actually work back for how, how am I going to achieve that and you know looking at previous times but in the last few years I knew what pace I needed to go at and as, as you you kind of work out I did 25 hours 20 250 kilometers it's about 10k an hour so be able to train with a 10 kilo backpack um at a, you know 10, 10k an hour appreciating that sometimes you're gonna be in sand dunes sometimes you're gonna be on straights and but knowing that I had to have an average of 10k an hour was was basically you know what I did and then you know that enabled me to come top 23 so that's really how I thought about things with the marathon de Saab with with fit um for us it was a big decision, you know, we'd all have, uh, we've all been entrepreneurs, um, you know, for the last sort of 10, 10 years. And um, so setting up businesses is not, not the first business we've set up, but still taking that leap is, is still a huge decision and you can't take it lightly. Uh, so for us, it had to be the right one. Um, and so we spent a lot of time really thinking, you know, is this the right business, business idea? And I think just in terms of how we thought, sort of thought about it, I'd probably say we, we looked at kind of four main kind of characteristics of, of why fit was the right opportunity for us. The first one was to do with the, the market opportunity. So, um, you know, w- whenever you're looking at something, you always got the dream of being a kind of, a, you know, could you build a unicorn, which is a, a billion dollar business. So for us, it was really important to look at the, the market size. And if you look at how, um, you know, fitness is growing, it's now a billion, a hundred billion dollar business. Um, and of which uh, digital fitness is about 7% of that, but it's predicted to grow to uh, 25% of that in the next three years. So this is a massive, massive industry. Um, and there's, there's yet to be a leader in, in digital fitness. So for us, it kind of massively ticked the, the market opportunity. The next thing was, was it the, is it the right time? I think a lot of businesses start and fail because they're often too late. But actually, they can often fail because they're often too early as well. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, when we looked at the market conditions, um, the, the, the fact that we believe digital fitness is, is going to happen in the next three to five years. Mm-hmm. And we think there's going to be more innovation in the, the, the next three years as we've seen in the last 30 years in the fitness industry. And it's because of smart, smart, you know, smart technology, 5, 5G, live streaming, um, you know, the rise of fitness influencers. All these things are happening now. So we believe this is that this is the right the, the right time to be setting this up. The third thing is the right team. Dan spoke about it earlier, but you know, making sure that we are the right um, you know the right founders to 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 realise this opportunity, but also realising that we're not perfect and we're you know we're not superhuman and we actually you know we don't have all the skill sets that we need. So we need to bring in people like you and other amazing people to join the team to to help us succeed. And then I think the fourth one, which I think has become increasingly important to us. 
I think um, maybe it wasn't a, a reason or it wasn't a factor when we when we first set up businesses, but I think it really has become very important to us. I think as we get a bit older and a bit wiser. Um, but uh, but is is this business going to be do something good to the world? And actually, I think this kind of social good aspect is something that really drives us. And actually, you know, if we if we succeed in our mission of kind of keeping everybody moving and turning fitness from a you know a chore to a habit to a healthy addiction. Um, you know, we can actually change the world. Um, you know, I think 25% in the NHS budget is, 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 is spent on lack of movement. So if we can get people moving, we can have a, a massive impact on, on the world. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely awesome. And I hope you are taking notes. If you are somebody who has that entrepreneurial side or wants to start a business, there's so much that goes into it. Mm. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, I wanted to get you guys on the show. I always say in the intro, if you want to build a business, if you want to run a marathon, and I think, yeah, it's really, really valuable stuff. So take note, people. And also you mentioned then briefly about the team. So, you know, as I said, I work with you guys um, on a Monday and there's, you know, there's loads of different people in the team. So in a time when everyone's talking about equality, diversity and inclusion, you know, you guys are building a company that's scaling incredibly quickly. How important is it for you to have uh, a diverse team? Yeah, it's, it's really, really important. I think we were very conscious when we set the business up that we are three middle class males. And I think if you're going to succeed, particularly in the market that we're going into, you need really diverse backgrounds, diverse opinions, uh, so you don't ever get into the groupthink mentality. So everything from our board composition to our management composition to the rest of the team is always, um, diversity is always at the, the forefront of our mind. So on our board, for example, we have um, people from, well, we're 50-50 um, male, female. Uh, we have people from different um, ethnicities. In the management team, we were very conscious in our management team, we didn't have anyone um, that was female on our management team. So we recently hired our first um, female on our management team, which is very exciting to be starting soon. And then if you look at the rest of our team, we're pretty much 50-50 male-female. Um, I think we've got, I don't know how many nationalities have we got, Sammy, about 20 different nationalities, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, even eng female engineers, which are not easy to, to come by, we've got some incredible female engineers. And so I think having that diverse background just ensures that we never get into the mentality of, you know, our way is the right way and you can easily go down a path that's not the right one for the business. So, you know, our, our customer base is currently 90, over 90% female. Um, so it's important that we, they're well represented in the team. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I come into the office anyway, there's so many different people, like you said, different um, backgrounds, but also different ages. I think it's really cool that, you know, in the startup world, maybe it is because you're a startup, I'm not sure, but I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for young people. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the benefits of coming to a startup if you're young is that you will have a lot of responsibility. You won't have a choice because uh, a lot of stuff needs to get done and there's not many people to do it. So um, my advice to young people going to, it would be always try and get to a startup experience as, as soon as possible because when I look at, for, even from our last business, some of the people that excelled and went on to have incredible careers all started as interns. Um, and went on to do incredible things because they got given so much responsibility and you won't have a choice. Yeah, that's what we've already yeah. we had an intern that one of the first employees that started with us and he's just graduated, gonna be joining Sammy's team shortly. So I just think just on Ben actually, this is the other guy that Dan's talking about. I think he's an amazing example of, of kind of a young person coming into a team. He um, the first week we were like, this guy's not going to make it. It was like a rabbit in the headlights. He just I remember was, we started at the same time. He was just like overwhelmed. And sorry, Ben, if you're listening, but um, he was completely over overwhelmed. And we're like, this, this, this guy's in trouble. Rab and then, rabbit in the headlights. But, yeah, but, but honestly, like 
within six he was here for six months i've never seen someone grow and develop more in 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 the space of six months and that's because it was at a startup and he just you know he threw himself into it and we gave him loads of responsibility and he just he just was like a fire hose he just kept taking it and i think that's one of the great things and we we have an amazing intern pro an internship program now we take we've got three three in the team in the team at the moment and they're all amazing and we've you know we've we really really back that uh, mm. as a as a great way to get young talented people in that we can then eventually hire uh, when they're graduated yeah no that's brilliant and i remember because i started at the same time as ben both of us yeah, yeah the same week um i it remember a great that week yeah it was a good week good week for fit um and also i think uh what was i going to say on that note about that when you said about young people coming in oh yeah and also, I think, I don't know, maybe people think there's a risk involved. You know what I mean? Like if you leave in university and you go into a startup, it's like, oh, that's risky because, you know, what is it? Like 98% of startups fail in the first two years. Yeah. It's quite a shocking stat. So then people might think, oh, it's better to go somewhere safe. Like, I don't know, within tech, like Google or Facebook or whatever, but they might not get those opportunities there. I, I think if you do your research well, I don't, you're right. There are a lot of startups that fail, but do your research well. Um, some good indicators to look for is, who are their backers? You know, have they got good investors? How much money have they raised? What stage are they at? Are they at? Are, have they one year in, or you know, have they raised you know ten, twenty million? A lot of those those questions will give you a steal on whether this thing is real or not. Um, and then, yeah, my advice would be is to instead just throw yourself in at the deep end because if you want a quick uh, career trajectory, um, you know, Ian and I joined Google at the right time when it's still relatively small, so we had a little bit of that trajectory, but. No, you're not going to get into senior management level for seven, eight, nine, ten years. It, at, at fit, you could be there within two years, two, three years, mm. um, because you'll. Be, if you can prove yourself and you can handle the responsibility, you'll you'll succeed. It, awesome. it, I think it also opens up your eyes to a completely different way of working. You know, I I am um, had some sort of, you know, traditional jobs when I first came out of university, and then decided to mix it up after that. But you get exposed to so many different things. You you know, hopefully we're a really forward-thinking business in how we operate in terms of holiday and exposure and responsibilities, but it's very, very different than going into a traditional job. And even if you do it for a short space of time and you want to start your own company later on, hopefully you'll learn a lot of things at a startup um, that you could take into your own career. Yeah, and as you said, there's a lot to do. So it's like 100 miles an hour, I feel like. There's so many things happening all the time. And as I mentioned at the start, all three of you, you know, I've worked with you for the last 18 months and I've witnessed myself, your work ethic, and it is incredible it's a it's amazing and you eat sleep and breathe your work it's quite clear that your business is mission-led as you mentioned and that you're all just incredibly passionate about making a success but we often hear that success comes at a cost you know this kind of like work 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 grind 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 so what are your values i guess when it comes to work ethic sammy so i would say um i mean the principle that basically work ethic if you look at the as a definition is that the is the principle that hard work is intrinsically virtuous or worthy of reward in that by working hard at something that you enjoy you you get the benefit from it or sort of you know automatically it's not just like oh i have to do this because of a particular end goal you enjoy doing that yourself i think if you enjoy what you're doing working extremely hard is is a pleasure i think some of the key things that I have always sort of applied in my life is to be punctual, to be on time, um, to be dependable. I think um, the, the young people working in our business, the ones that have excelled, 
they have taken on lots of responsibility from from the start and we we rely on them and i think it's important that they that you try and become a dependable part of that team and often that is being on time working hard delivering good results and there's one thing that we have within the business which is having a, a five-star mentality now we rate things within you know our, our users rate things out of five and we sort of bring that into our, our own business and say is it the best we could do can we do any better in this particular piece of work would you rate it five out of five and you guys i guess all lead by example i think so yeah dan what about you have you always found it have you always worked this way yeah, no actually i think um i i have a little bit of a problem with the way people talk about if you're going to be successful so you have to work every single hour of the day and you need to get up and you need to first thing you need to do is is attack the day and i think that's actually a really bad way of thinking of course you need to work hard uh, but i think it does need to come with a lot of balance and we spoke about it already but yeah if you do not take any time to switch off when you get home to spend time with your partner whatever it might be to to do marathon de sub, then you will not be a success. And I'm, I strongly believe that. I've, I've experienced it myself where at one point in my career, I was literally working every single hour I could. Um, and then I, I made sure I took time out to you know, run and keep fit. And I think it makes a, a huge, huge difference. And I think there is a little bit of a undercurrent in the startup world where people think you have to work crazy 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 hours and it's of course working hard is important but i think making sure you take time for yourself will ultimately mean that you're successful because there's a lot of diminishing returns when it comes to work mm. the long the more you work doesn't necessarily mean the better you're going to be mm. it means that you're going to get tired you're going to make the wrong decisions you're going to send the wrong emails and so if you do not take time out whether that is family working out whatever it might be you will find it a lot harder to be successful yeah and on that topic of success i guess you know i don't believe that there's just one you know magic formula for success i think you know i, I know people try to whistle it down into one and sell it as a book but yeah i think when it comes to success it's different for everyone and you have to define what that is so ian i'd love to know do you think that there's been one characteristic or skill or quality that has been the key to your success so far so in terms of sort of a key to uh, my success, I mean, I first will caveat with say, saying that it's still massively a work in progress. Like, you know, we're, we're um, you know, we've had, an, I think we've all had really great, exciting careers, um, but, but we're still very much, you know, where, where we want to be in, uh, in terms of, you know, what we want to achieve. I think we're still very much a work in progress. Um, for me, I think, you know, the guys have spoken about uh, a couple of them that I, I, I hold really dear to, to, to my, you know, the way I like to work and how I judge success. But I think having fun is is the most important thing, because I think, um, you know, we spend a lot of time working um, and we, 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 we need to make sure that we're having having fun. And I, it really makes me sad when I'm chatting to friends. Um, and they're in a job that they maybe don't like, um, they don't find fulfilling. Um, and I, I think it's just life's too short. You know, we, we ha we, we've got one, you know, one, one shot on this planet and I think we need to make sure that, that we are doing things that we really love. And then secondly, making sure that we're surrounding ourselves with, with amazing people that push us, that inspire us. Um, because we're spending so much time time together, um, and I think so. For me, those two things: having fun and surrounding, surrounding yourself with amazing people. If you do that, then you are successful. And I think the other things will come. You know, whether it's the fame and fortune, whatever, whatever you think is important. But um, yeah, that, that that's really how I view it. Couldn't have said it better myself. I love that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So on that, of, of you know, balance and work life and all of these things, I want to talk to you about the power hour because you know I get up early and you know that for me the power hour is, you know, it's my secret weapon. So... All of you got different commitments, different things going on. Sammy, you've got two young kids. What time do you get up in the morning and what's the first thing that you do each day? So it varies between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. I mean, last night I laughed. I, I set my alarm for 10 past six. And I was like, that's optimistic. Um, this morning I got up at you know, 10 past five to, to get the six month old. Um, you know, my wife's been up all night feeding him. So I thought I'd take my turn. And so pick up the baby head downstairs, cup of tea, feed the cat, managed to put him in the bouncer this morning for 10 minutes and I did a little stretch class with Chris McGee, Got managed to get 10 minutes into that class um, and you know, then he back upstairs to put him, put him to sleep and then I managed to try and get some admin out of the way. I've always got up early as well. I think preparing for the day, preparing for the week, you know, getting your kit ready, getting your to-do list done. Um, these are things I try and do either the night before or in the morning but yeah, invariably it's it's an early start with 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 the kids, but uh, it, it's a time when you try and take time for yourself. You know, when, when before before I had the second kid, I'd always get up early anyway, and Alice would be asleep, and my wife Sarah would be asleep, and I managed to get an hour to myself, which is you know exactly what what I think you do. Hmm. Yeah, but I guess now with the new arrival, it's a bit trickier. But I think it's really great to hear a male perspective on that because I do think I get asked this question a lot as a woman, you know, oh, you've got a child and you're doing this thing and you're you know, working and you've got this and that and you're training for a race and how do you do it all? You know, superwoman. And I'm often like, well, no, I'm, you know, I'm part of a team. You know, my husband, my son, we all kind of play our role in that. And so I think it is great for people to hear that, yeah, you get up and you do stuff with the baby. And I know before, you know, times when you've said about making Alice's packed lunch for school or cycling her to nursery on your bike and like you know I think that it's great that you can actually have a family and still you know put so much as you do into a business it's not one or the other yeah I think it, it it's there's definitely a, a home life balance that you've got to find as well you know with my wife Sarah she does a lot you know feeding the kids throughout the night you, you have to do your bit I mean part of that is the enjoyment as well I mean if I if I got home at eight o'clock in the evening I'd completely miss what Alice is doing in her life, you know, getting back a little bit earlier, then working again after she goes down is, that's really part of the, the work-life balance, I think is, and again, working in a startup environment where flexible working is, is really important. People have lives. I think we, we value people's lives. You know, they have long commutes or they have families or they need to go to the doctor. I mean, go to the doctor and then do half an hour work later on. It doesn't always have to be you're at your desk at nine and you work till six. So I think, being able to move your time around is 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 quite important and um that helps me get the best out of family and work really awesome and dan you haven't got kids yet what time do you get up in the morning what's the first thing that you do although you have a baby on the way i do have a baby on the yes. way so i'm sure this routine's going to change. i'm a big believer in routines and creating good habits so i i get up at 6 15 every morning and the first thing i do is have a glass of water uh, and then i have my gym kit already laid out on the floor uh, and get my gym kit on and I get in the car and I, I drive to the gym and I think actually that time's really important so 
takes me about 40 minutes to drive to the gym. Uh, well, I'll either come straight into the office and do a workout, a fit workout, or I'll go to a, a CrossFit gym that I go to. And that 40 minutes is really important because it's, it's the time I can actually do a bit of learning whether I'm listening to the Power Hour. Which yes, is, shout out. Exactly. <laughs> uh, every new episode will be consumed. And then, um, or I, lots of books, audio books, um, different, um, at the moment I'm listening to James Clear's Atomic Habits, which is all about how you, how you build great habits, how small habits add up to a you know, compound effect of, of having a huge impact on your life. Um, so yeah, that, that period is really important. And then when I get into the office, normally about nine o'clock, my next habit is I always go through my Asana task okay. list, yeah. uh, make sure I organize everything for the day and then I'm ready and set. Cool, and Ian, so no kids yet, any babies on the way? No babies on the way. Not that you no, know of? Not that I know of. <laughs> um, so what time do you get up in the morning and what do you do first? So I typically get up at about seven o'clock. Um, I'm actually a big, big fan of sleep. Um, I, uh, and I'm actually really good at it as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I uh, typically try and get sort of seven to eight hours sleep if, if, if I can. Um, and uh, I'll sort of get up and I will typically do a lot of juicing so my juice game is is quite strong um, I've got so many appliances in my kitchen okay what's what's your favorite stuff to go in and juice so I'll typically well actually normally three three different drinks will be will be uh, will be put together the first one is a, is a ginger and turmeric shot uh, which I try and have every day uh, I think it's amazing to kind of build your immune system and ensure that you just don't get ill uh, I kind of learned that when I was living in America and I was on about 100 flights a year and everyone around me was getting getting ill and I was you know able to kind of sort of stay strong and healthy so uh, I've always put it down to the sort of ginger shot so I have that um, I will make a fresh orange and lemon juice uh, which I'll have and I'll try and have most mornings and then I'll have a protein based um, uh, smoothie which uh, which I'll have either at home or if I'm heading to the office uh, earlier I'll have it on my bike um, on the way to work which is through Victoria Park it's only about a 15 minute cycle um, if I'm at home um, working for a little bit in the morning I will try and get a fit class in so um, I really like to do uh, Richie Bostock's breath breath classes so if I can fit one of those in if I haven't done it the night before I'll do one of his energizing 25 minute classes uh, or I might do a kind of Richie Norton mobility class as well so it was quite nice to sort of stretch and get my back um, sort of uh, creaked and uh, straightened out uh, after a good night's sleep. None of my cardio classes, Ian. Come I do, on. I do them in, e I do them in the evening. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I try to avoid cardio in the evening. I was talking to somebody uh, recently about sleep and she's a sleep expert, doctor, trying to get her on the show, actually. And she was saying that, yeah, you know, exercising later, if it's high impact, you know, adrenaline, cortisol, whatever, for some people, it's fine. And you just said you're a good yeah. sleeper. But for me, like, yeah, if I'm doing cardio, it's got to be in the morning. Uh, for me, some t I find it just a great way to get get rid of any any stresses from the day like mm -hmm. just go and really just like smash out uh, like a high a high energy cardio set i think that's a great way as long as you're not doing it too late in the evening and i think it's it's fine yeah awesome okay so we talked about so many different things and i'd love to get a power hour challenge from you guys so as this episode you know we've talked about start we've talked about work and you're running your own thing Maybe it could be something to somebody who's maybe wanting to take their business to the next level. Do you have a power hour challenge for us, anyone? I've, I've got a couple actually. Go for it, Sammy, take it. So <laughs> I, I think for us, we all believe that fitness and health is a critical part to being successful, i.e. to having that energy and that drive to, to doing the things that we do. I would challenge anyone who commutes in London to try and convert their commute into something 
productive. So I had, a, had a, I checked out. The average commute time in London is 75 minutes a day. So it's wow. six and a half hours a week on average people are commuting. Now, whether you live um, 5K from the office or 10K, whatever distance it is, maybe try and run once a week. Maybe if you can't do 5K, find a bus stop halfway along the line and run 2K to the bus stop and then get on a bus and go to work. I think trying to use your time wisely is a really critical part. You know, can you convert some of that time? And, and it even could be TV time, you know, convert some of the TV time in the evening and do a fit class, do, you know, there's, do a free class, do something that is gonna be beneficial either on your commute or when you're normally watching couple of hours of tv yeah i love that i love that so let us know if you are getting involved if you're going to try that out this week let us know how you're mixing up your commute i didn't realize actually that's quite like you said was it over six hours a week and really like because i listen to a lot of audio books and podcasts and often people will say to me how do you listen to so many like in a month i'll say oh i listen to these four books or six books or whatever and i put that down to um yeah just i guess always having my headphones in if i'm running if i'm driving if i'm on the tube the train i am always listening Mm. so i guess same thing as well as you know making it productive exercise but also learning yeah you can you can turbocharge that commute put your audio book on and you know go for a run yeah i love it thank you so much and finally before i ask you my closing question where can we find you online or in real life so like any events coming up things that we could look out for how should people connect is linkedin a good way to reach out if they wanted to find out about opportunities maybe to come and work with you guys so so we're doing hackney half um, that's uh, a, quite a big event for uh, for fit. It actually goes right past our, our office. I think it's about a, a mile left. So uh, quite a lot of us will be at the start line if if anyone's uh, doing doing Hackney Half. You're going to be wearing those fit vests. We might be wearing the, the, the <laughs> fit vests. Um, and we, we'll, there'll be a big support support station as well. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be giving lots of people big cheers. Um, and then yeah, I guess you can find us on LinkedIn. LinkedIn fit. Dot TV, that's fit with two eyes. Dot TV, uh, there's a careers page on there if anyone's interested in working with us. If not, uh, drop us a line on LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah, I'll leave links. So things like Instagram and LinkedIn. And so my closing question, which I ask to every guest who comes onto the show, is all about time as I value it so much. And I believe that it's the most valuable thing that we have and that we can give to another person. So what is the most valuable thing in your journey that time has taught you so far? Who is going to answer that big question? I can answer that question. Go on, Dan. I think Ian, Ian covered it for me, but the most important thing time has taught me is like, don't do things that you don't enjoy. I know it sounds so simple, but for a long part of my, uh, my life, you end up doing stuff that you really don't enjoy. And that's why fit, I think, has been a life changer for me because I'm doing something every day that I love. I don't ever get the Sunday blues. I can't wait for Monday. Um, and that really does change your life. I mean, from mental well-being, physical well-being, relationship well-being, everything is is a lot better when you're making sure that you're, whatever you're working on is something you enjoy and you're passionate about. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining me in the studio. As I said, you guys are busy. So I really value you coming in to give me your time. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Don't forget you can rate and review over on iTunes. So please let us know if you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to share it. Tag me, tag the Fit team. See ya. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.